Hey girl, hey, I'm Erin. And I'm Melissa. And we're just two gals sharing advice as we live life. We have lots to talk about and we don't plan on holding anything back. Welcome to Poise in the Noise. And we're back with episode two. Hello, everyone. We didn't give up yet. We made it. Yeah. (laughs) Go us. Two episodes down, however many to go. Time will tell. So as we've been crafting Poison the Noise, we have always wanted it to be relatable in whatever regard that is. You know, not that every episode will be applicable or relatable to every listener, of course, because that would be nearly impossible. And we don't have to be all things to all people. We're not called to do that. We are called to do the things that bring us joy, that we're passionate about, that we find, you know, real enjoyment in. But that doesn't mean that that has to be the same things for everyone that we encounter and talk to. So for the people who tune into our podcast, we hope that throughout the journey of this podcast in its entirety, like I said, however many episodes that we end up doing, we will be able to relate to as many women as possible throughout. Yeah. And we're, you know, Aaron and I, we are, we're ladies and we have our own specific backgrounds and beliefs. But we're creating this podcast for any and all women. So I love that because, you know, when we were, when we've been talking about this idea of just wanting to reach women, wanting to build a community of women around our podcast, we've always thought through like, how do we reach women? You know, if we do something super specific, that's great, but maybe it's not relatable to people or the majority of women out there. It feeds out way too many people and we get way too niche and we only have five people that we can relate to because we got so specific. (laughs) So we're trying to not do that. We know we have common ground that we can meet on with just about anyone, you know, whether it's the phase of life we're in or how we drink our coffee. Do you like it with sugar? Do you like it black? I don't know how you can do it. Someone please teach me that. I I just recently stopped using creamer, so that's where I'm at with the coffee. I don't know about <laughs> you guys. <laughs> and I stopped ordering lattes. I have graduated <laughs> to flat whites, so just a little bit less. Congratulations. <laughs> um, but, you know, whether it's about, you know, relationship status or the length of your shower, we'll talk on that more, you know, your sense of fashion, what's your Saturday morning routine, what books do you like reading, whatever. There there has to be common ground that we can find with everyone. Just It just depends on what that is and taking the time to dig deep enough and find it. Yeah. And we hope you guys will stay with us long enough on this journey to be able to relate with us and to relate with the topics and the episodes that we're putting out there because we want to help women. That's our whole mission, our whole goal. We want to share resources on how to stand firm in the midst of the noise of the world. And we intend to do that. And one of the ways we want to do that is how can we relate to you? So let's just talk about it. Um, Lisa, we'll start with you. What are things that 
you've experienced or that are part of you or your life that are hashtag relatable to women. Hashtag relatable, hashtag relatable. All right, I'm gonna. I am. I'm a new mom, so I know this won't relate for everyone because not everyone is quite in this phase of life yet. And I have others that don't pertain to just motherhood, but this one I think is very hashtag relatable. When I first gave birth, and I'm in the hospital, all I could think—not just in the hospital, but also during my whole maternity leave—all I could think is, how am I ever gonna go back to work? Seriously, like I just could not fathom. How do I go back to work? And for me, going back to work, I I wasn't even going to leave the house. So, (laughs) and I know for many other women, it's like you're literally leaving the house every day to go physically back to work. Luckily for me, I have a remote job. So that question and pondering that looked a little different because I'm not physically leaving my house. I still get to see Jack when I have a break in between meetings or I just need a break in general from staring at my computer screen. But I just was in this mental battle and struggle and mental gymnastics of, you know, how am I going to do this? Is this the right thing to do? When is it the right time to do it? Is this what's best for my family? All these questions. And I don't know. It got me thinking through the whole situation of motherhood and our nature and our biology. And when we're moms, there's, it's, you know, it's been proven in science all over the place that our babies need us and we need our babies for longer than maternity leaves typically allow, unless you are in that. Yeah, unless you're somewhere in like Europe where I've heard they have these magical year long or longer than a year maternity leave programs. If you're in the US and you have, yeah, can you imagine? (laughs) I mean, no, US and you have a couple of weeks, like literally a handful of weeks, and then you're expected to go back to work. I just, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I did it, but. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I don't know, Erin, relatable? Yes, 100%. I think even though it sounds specific, so many women, I mean, every almost every mom goes through this unless they have the blessing of knowing that they're going to stay home with their baby immediately after the birth, um, which a lot of women are in that boat too. But yes, 100% relatable. I had the same, not exactly the same, but a very similar feeling and experience. I literally was bawling my eyes out the day that I had to go back to work. And I was the same as you. I worked remote. I had childcare set up. My mom was going to be watching Brielle at my house, but not being able to spend all of those hours with her every day was literally heartbreaking. So I think that's relatable to a lot of women. And it's something I'm sure we'll be talking about more throughout our podcast. But yes, 100% relatable. Yep. Yep. Okay. Next one. What else? Hashtag hashtag relatable. I want to look put together all the time, but (laughs) I do not always want to put in the time required (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So for me, I mean, I'm just out here doing my best people. I have implemented as best I can some quick makeup and skincare routines 
I'm trying to establish a capsule wardrobe. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, where you have fewer items, but they're more quality. You know, you kind of spend a little bit more on some quality items instead of getting 18 shirts that were each $3 at Forever 21, and then they all have holes in them after six <laughs> weeks, you know, or the dollar flip-flops from Old Navy that were made of literally foam and they lasted you a couple of walks around your high school <laughs> you have holes in your heels <laughs> so that's kind of an overview of a capsule wardrobe for anyone who's wondering you spend a little bit more money on a few quality items that can mix and match so i think that has helped um but it's it's hard i think a, a total spin off of that i just thought of hashtag #relatable having a closet full of clothes but nothing to wear <laughs> I have experienced that more than a time or two. Oh my gosh. I feel like every Sunday I'm getting ready for church and I all I can think is, oh, I have no new dresses to wear. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that happens? I think it's because maybe we get we we're so used to our own clothes that it feels like we wear the same thing all the time. Yes. But I think to other people, they always are like, "Oh my gosh, I love that dress or whatever you're wearing." And then yes. you think about it, you're like, "I feel like I've worn this a hundred times, but to this person, it's new or it it's is brand new. You know, it does look new or unique or whatever to other people. So interesting. But I think point. that's a hundred percent relatable because I think we all especially as women, we want to have like the best clothes and the best fashion. And we always are on the hunt for like more things to wear to like vary our options. But I think to us, it can feel like very mundane, whereas to other people, it doesn't feel that way. But it is yeah. relatable. I I am in the same boat. So I get totally. it. I've been on a kick of wearing more dresses and skirts and specifically skirts because I'm, I feel like I'm much better at doing the whole mix and match game. So then it's not necessarily outfit repeating, at least in my head. I, you know, again, I just try and do mental gymnastics yes. to make myself feel better. Even though I wish I just had a jillion <laughs> dollars. I could always have brand new outfits to wear all the time. <laughs> right. Right. It's funny that you said this because Joe and I were having this conversation literally last night or the night before. He was saying similar to what you said. He's like, I'm sick of buying like multiple things for cheap. I want to have good quality stuff and not as much of it and spend a little more. And so when you started yes. talking, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we've been talking about. So again, relatable. Oh, that's so true. Sam and I have had that conversation so much since getting married. And we've, we found that when we first got married, it just really wasn't feasible. We were moving a bunch. We weren't really, we knew we weren't living where we ultimately were going to end up. And so we just weren't in a phase of life that really allowed for that kind of mentality and action. We really were in a phase of life where it was like, okay, let's buy the cheapest stuff as quickly as possible, get by with the bare minimum because we're going to be moving soon anyways. So 
don't waste your money now. We'll splurge on the things that are going to cost a bit more, but are going to last way longer later. And now we're getting, we're getting close. We're not there. Oh, I so wish we were there, but we're getting so much closer and I'm starting to implement that with my wardrobe, but I'm really excited to implement that when we buy our more permanent home forever home. And I can implement that with how I go about curating our furniture and our decor and things like that, because boy, am I sick of the cheap, cheap furniture. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's a whole other episode in and of itself, because again, relatable, we are dealing with the same thing because we just moved to a new house that we're probably going to mm -hmm. be in longer than our last home. And we're starting to realize like, oh my gosh, everything we had in our last home was like hand-me-downs or things we bought for cheap because we, again, just wanted to fill it fast and have everything yep. we needed and not worry about it. But now that we're in this new home and we're like, yeah, we're probably going to be here a while and it's a completely new state and city and lifestyle, we're starting to think like that too. So it is interesting how like the different phases of life, we think differently about those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we, we divulge. I know we went from wanting to look put together all the time to house decor and furniture. <laughs> That's how this goes. <laughs> we it digress. all comes full oh, circle well. eventually. At some point, it'll come Pretty full much. circle. <laughs> okay, next, <laughs> hashtag relatable. And Erin, you're doing this too. So I know you can relate, and I am certain there's other ladies out there that can relate. I am pretty darn set on becoming a full-time stay-at-home mom for the time being while we have little ones. And so my hashtag relatable is I went to college and me personally, I earned a master's degree. Like I stuck it out. I stayed there longer than necessary. <laughs> and I will likely be putting my career on hold, at least while we have little ones. But, you know, there's no timeline on that. So that's another one where the mental struggle is kind of hard because I feel like it's hard to not think in terms of, oh, I'm wasting my degrees. You know, it's like, I know there's that mm -hmm. immense benefit that comes from me being at home and having one-on-one -on -one time with our kid and hopefully in the future kids and what that can do for our marriage and everything like that. But, oh, is it hard to not think, oh gosh, I am so just wasting my degree. Yeah. I think a lot of women in this phase of life who are, who do have little ones and who did do all the schooling definitely feel like that. I think for some women, it's harder than others, depending on their personalities. Like I did not get a master's degree. So kudos to you, girl, because that's amazing. <laughs> and I know it's a heck of a ton of work. And I just did the four years of college and I was out and I'm not even really using my major. I'm using my minor. So I, but I think to a certain extent, like you're saying, we can all relate to that because at some point, if you are a mom, you're hopefully going to be home with your little ones and maybe not. Maybe you love to work and, you know, still have kids, but you like to spend your time working, which is great too. But I think, yes, mentally, there's a struggle regardless of what you do in this time of life because you want to be with your kids. But, mm -hmm. you know, trying to 
juggle that versus how much income you need and things like that is is definitely a challenge so I think a lot of women can relate to that yeah we're gonna we're doing we already we already have an entire episode queued up on this exact topic so we will get more into the weeds Mm -hmm. on this later down the road but there is an account on Instagram I follow called simple life musings and Adele posed a lot of introspective thought around this exact topic and I really enjoyed her perspective she's a mom of I think seven maybe eight kids now and she went to Harvard she got her undergrad degree she went a really hard route you know she got into an Ivy League did all the studying did all that prep made it all the way through and struggled with this exact thought of okay am I wasting my degree she's she's a she has a lot of followers. She gets a lot of feedback on her account for people telling her, you're wasting your degree. Why'd you even go get a degree now that you're just staying at home? The whole just staying at home. I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't mm. think eight kids is work? I know one kid is work. Exactly. Like, ask any mother. But one thing that exactly. she really conveys when she talks about it is how beneficial having her degree has been in her motherhood and how she makes sure to not lose sight of how important it is that she went and she gathered knowledge at a higher institution. She not only got the knowledge, but she learned how to learn and she can now pass that to her kids so that her kids aren't just, you know, memorizing and regurgitating. They actually can learn how to learn and learn how to think and think deeply and ask deep questions and think critically and criticize and analyze. Those are really important skills that you just start developing in your junior high and high school years and you really can perfect and craft when you're in college. And that's a huge thing. She also talks about the work ethic that she gained while in college. College is hard. It's a beast of its own. And it challenges you. You have to sometimes stay up very late to get the assignment done or to get a hold of that fourth project team member that nobody can ever get a hold of because there's always that one person (laughs) in the project group that just does nothing. And I don't know who these people are, but that's another hashtag relatable. You're There's always one person in a group of four. It's always teams of four. And there's always the Mm -hmm. one person who just rides on the coattails of everybody else. (laughs) Yes, yes, and yes. Oh, my gosh. I remember those days well. (laughs) Yeah, we'll say, okay, we'll save a lot more of our details around that topic for, for another day. All right. I had one more hashtag relatable. I keep thinking of more as we go. So this is good. But my last hashtag relatable. I feel like it doesn't matter what phase of life you're in. I don't care what your beliefs are. The length of your shower is a complex mathematical equation that is formulated around when you last shaved, when you last washed your hair, have you exfoliated, do you have time to exfoliate, and do you have time for the works? And I mean like a hair mask, the full body shave, or a partial body shave. Do you have time to actually put on some kind of like a face mask before you get in the shower, et cetera, et cetera. So... I am trying to stifle (laughs) laughter because I don't want to laugh over you. I love this one so much. Yeah, when we were planning this episode, we were just talking through some ideas and Melissa 
thought of this one and I didn't even really fully understand what she was going to say until right now. And I'm like stifling my laughter. It's amazing. And yes, every person, every woman can relate to this. It is very <laughs> you know, complex sometimes, mathematical equation. Yeah, it is. Sometimes my, it is. <laughs> my great grandma, I remember my mom would had a inappropriate abbreviation. We'll, we'll call it, she called it a PTA shower. I'll call it a PTB shower. Uh, pits, uh, top and bottom shower or, you know, the other word. But anyway, so mm-hmm. I, I mean, this goes all the way back to my great, great grandmother. So I know this one's hashtag relatable because even my great, great grandmother <laughs> was either taken a full blown shower or a PTB. <laughs> I love that yes it is it's a struggle for real you have to like plan it out yeah and because we have how much time do i have girls, that is a critical to do. component yeah oh yeah <laughs> how much time do i have and we have way more to do in the shower than men let's just face it oh so we gotta like oh, yeah. plan this out to a t <laughs> yeah yeah, don't get me wrong. Showers, oh, they are time to relax, but they are kind of work. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they are. Yeah, we have a lot more to figure out in there than the guys. That's for yeah. sure. I love it. I hope that we can get comments from our listeners on this specific one because I'm dying to know what people are saying. We'll probably need to do something about it on Instagram because I think that would be so funny. But yeah, yeah I mean... It's absolutely relatable to any woman in any phase of life. So, yes. Can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts on that. We'll figure out how we can make that And don't even. (laughs) Yeah. Don't even get me started on after you're done with the shower and like aftercare. Do I lotion? Do I body oil? Do I have time to do my hair? Do I dry my hair? Do I let it air dry and go all natural? Do I have time to just blow dry? Do I need a blow dry with the special blow dryer that straightens it at the same time because I'm short on time because I took a full-blown shower do i have time to blow dry and curl guys i know you can relate to this one (laughs) Mm -hmm. the list just goes on that's hilarious yeah that's okay but enough of my hashtag relatables aaron we're kicking it over to you we're kicking over to you what what are your hashtag relatables okay so let's see here i'm just going to start with the feeling of having to do it all um Mm. this one i know every woman ever can relate to whether you are a mom or single or you know whatever phase or season of life you're in i feel like as women especially because we're more emotional beings and we have a lot of thoughts and those things can often consume us in a good or bad way and i think part of that whole process the whole part of being woman is we we try to take on responsibility for literally everything around us when we shouldn't and we don't have to but that's just kind of innately in us and it's beautiful because that's how god created women he created us to be able to do a lot of things and we should own that and i love that about women but i think sometimes it can turn into like the feeling of having to do it all if you're a mom, you get this to a T. I mean, 
you know, taking care of the kids, making sure your husband's taken care of and healthy and safe and prepping meals, making sure everyone gets enough sleep, making sure everyone's clean. I mean, that list is infinitely long. Um, uh, but if you're not a mom and you're single or you're married and without kids or whatever, you still understand this because you feel the responsibility of having to have an income, having to keep your house tidy or at least make it homey enough for people to live in, let alone you wanting to be in it. And, and you know, this, this could just go on and on and on. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Melissa. But yeah, I think every woman can relate to just the feeling of having to do it all in whatever stage of life we're at. Oh, totally. I mean, I just became a mom five months ago and I felt this deep in my core well well before five months ago totally even Mm -hmm. even before I met Sam even just dating or even being single I felt this you know I lived on my own I it was it was all on me I had to pay all the bills I'm the one having to figure out all the groceries I have to do all my own cooking hashtag relatable nobody prepares you for having to do dinner every single night Mm -hmm. every single day Mm -hmm. that is that is adulting at its finest right there. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I think the difference between that kind of thing for men and that kind of thing for women is we we want to take care of people and do the right things and do the whole self-care or health and wellness for ourselves. And like, there's all these different like categories per se of our lives. Again, no matter what season or phase of life you're in. And I think we just take all those things on to like a much higher degree than men, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, that's how we're built. But there's the difference between like men living alone or men living with their wife and children and women doing that. There's like a very different way that men and women approach those things. And not that either one is wrong, but I think women just take on everything naturally. So yeah, I know that that's relatable to all women for sure. And that's another thing that we want to talk a lot about in our podcast is when we feel the need to do it all, or when we have this feeling of having the weight of the world on our shoulders, how do we respond to that poised and in a way that we don't always have to feel that feeling in a negative way? Yeah, I don't know about you, Erin, but I felt that this compounded and got even more intense when I got married. It mm-hmm. it seemed like when I was single or just dating, yes, I had that feeling of having to do it all, but the ways in which that manifests are so different. When I got married, it's it's still that same feeling, but now I felt like I had to do it all, not just for myself, but also for someone else. Even if that wasn't my role to be played. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then that's Absolutely. a whole nother topic. Of, a whole nother topic of as as women trying to balance and um with poise live out only our role and be the support in our husband's role and not try and take over when they're not doing it exactly how you want it exactly when you want it and etc cetera, etc cetera. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a whole conversation in and of itself, for sure. Yes. All right. Let's go to the next hashtag relatable thing. So I am like in the thick of this right now as we're recording this episode, but I do feel like this is relatable to an extent for a lot of other women. So when I'm like actively trying to cut out the noise, it feels like it, like more of it comes on. I'm more inundated and bombarded by it when I'm like actively trying to cut it out. And I'm in a really, I'm like being really intense about this right now. I think, thank God, because of our podcast in a way, and we'll get into that another time, but also in the season of life that I'm in, I just moved out of Arizona where I lived most of my life. I'm in a brand new town with a whole new lifestyle. I left a lot of things behind in Arizona, but a lot of those relationships still exist and people there still expect things of me or expect me to like be doing the same exact things I was while I was in Arizona. And now I'm like, no, actually, I'm trying to slow down my life. I'm trying to focus more on what really matters, which is faith and my family and my health and just being happy and content with life and not running in a million directions. So it's been really interesting trying to navigate that because I'm like quite literally on a mission to be cutting out the noise. And as I'm on this mission, I feel like there's a little bit more of it, like trying to come in to my life, but I'm doing good. I'm holding, I'm standing firm. I'm doing good at like not letting it, but there's a, the difference between like the noise coming in generally right now and the times we live in it's through our phones through social media texts notifications from all the apps all those things and so i think um with that kind of noise it's you have to be really intentional about how and when you cut it out but without like burning bridges and making people mad at you and ignoring people so Oh, I'm working totally. on that right now, but it's very interesting with trying to cut out the noise that how much more mm-hmm. you're bombarded by it and whether or not like people can relate to that to a T it's still relatable in the sense that we just live in a time with a lot of technology. And again, with my last point, as we were talking about like having to do it all, I think that really does play a role in women's lives with, our phones and the feeling of having to do it all like a lot comes to us through our phones it's if you're a mom it's daycare calls from the school etc etc um things from your husband but then like if you're an entrepreneur or you're involved in other things or communities or obviously friendships of course like those things come in too so when is it too much and if you realize that you need to put up boundaries then sometimes it's hard to hold those so just an overall general thing but I think that we all can relate to it in some way or another that was a very long spiel do you have any thoughts Melissa (laughs) (laughs) no it makes sense I think I mean 
you don't have to have it be exactly in this context. It could be in any any context when you try to cut something out, when you try and make a change in your life, usually the most friction occurs right when you do it. Think about any time you've tried to give up sweets or stop um, looking at your phone as often as you have been, or you want to try to read a book. The hardest part is right away. The sweets, you, you like, you crave the cookie even more. You notice that your phone is sitting there even more. Even if you don't touch it or you don't see it light up, you're like, oh, but it's right there. I could just, you know, I'm not doing anything. I could just take a peek. You know, it's really hard to start the book. You could find 8,000 other things on your to-do list that you want to get done just to avoid reading the book, you know, whatever it is, you're going to find that the most friction occurs in the beginning. You have to get over that initial hump before it's going to start getting easier and that noise will start to dissipate. I love that. Yeah. That you just put light on how this can be so relatable in any situation. So, all right, Mm -hmm. y'all, I have two more relatable things. First up, first up is, uh, making a house a home. And again, this is a very women-specific thing, but I think, again, whether you, even if you like live with your parents or you're living with roommates or you live alone or with your husband or with kids, like across the gamut, I think we can all relate to this on some level because, and this goes along with personalities. So maybe if you're not like a super organized person or you don't need everything to be like neat and tidy and homey like that's okay I think that for a lot of women regardless of personality we all want to feel like we're at home when we're at home and so I think this is very relatable because we want to be comfortable in the space that we spend the most time in. If you have kids, of course you want it to be a safe space for them, a clean space for them, and a fun space for them. If it's just you and your husband, you want to be able to spend time together without having to worry about untidiness or not feeling (laughs) like this is your home or not feeling like you know, it's a space that you want to spend time in together, things like that. Um, So I just think that, and then as you know, as you, whether you're in your forever home or not, I think that plays a role into it too. I tried so hard. I knew that our last house was not our forever home. And I didn't think we were going to be in it that long either. But I still worked from the day we moved in to the day we moved out to make it as homey as I could because I wanted our family, however many in that family were going to be in that house in the time we were there, I wanted it to be a place that we wanted to be in. Did I ever feel like that? Yes, sometimes. No, sometimes. But innately as a woman, I just wanted our house to be a home. And I think that's easier now going into this new home that we will most likely be in for longer than our last um, and things like that. I think now I'm even more on a mission to be like, okay, we're, we're sticking to a theme. We're sticking to colors. We're making it clean yeah. in a place that we just want to be together in and that we, we look at things throughout the home and 
we're happy about it. Or we look at pictures and we remember those memories. Or we look at some decor that's been in the family for 10 years and that, you know, makes us feel like this is a special place to be. And I think just even those little things that I just mentioned can make, can transform what is a house into your home, your place where you can be 100% yourself, spend copious amounts of time with your family and friends and things like that. So I digress, but I just, I'm really passionate about this because I do think as women, we can relate again, regardless of if you're a college student or if you're married with five kids. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. it, it just, it spans across the board. So Making a house a home, I think, is definitely hashtag relatable. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Okay, like you just said, even if you're a college student, I remember being so jazzed when my mom took me out shopping to pick out what bedspread I wanted and what color cubbies for my closet I wanted and what theme did we want to go with and all that stuff. Okay, you guys, I had the coolest college room ever. Erin, I don't think you ever saw my I college it. dorm, but I no, I'm I'm totally making fun of myself. I chose hot pink and zebra. <laughs> I thought I was so cool. I had all hot pink and zebra stuff. Everything, even down to the little push pins that I used to put like the thumbtack push pins I used to put sticky notes on my little whiteboard and whatnot oh my gosh even those were zebra everything hot pink and zebra what was I thinking I don't know Melissa I don't know that that's hysterical if anyone if any of you listening know Melissa that literally does not sound like her at all she's the most aesthetic person her home is beautiful and neat and matches that is hilarious. I legit thought you were not joking until you said that. I was like, oh, yep, she's joking. That is yeah, no, hilarious. And mm-hmm. I love that you shared that. I, I thought at that time, I thought I was so cool. I had it dialed in. That's what I thought. I did not. I did not. Hey, but I tried. It's okay. <laughs> I tried really hard. Hindsight no, is but- 2020. Oh yeah. But that reminds me when you came over a couple months ago, we had we had just moved in and yes, things were kind of sparse because we were still in the process of getting a few more items of furniture for the house, but that was also just my mantra. I was just not going to decorate. I was not going to buy. I was going to buy the minimal amount of furniture and everything. And I remember you walk in and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I love this. It's so minimal." And I was like, yeah it is <laughs> i but i've i think i've recently come it. around I, and my point is i was trying really hard these last few months to ignore that innate like womanly sense to make your house a home i was trying so hard to ignore it because like you i knew this is not our forever home we're renting this is a condo like we are not here forever the plan is hopefully within a year or two we're out of here and we're gonna be in a forever home whatever so my mindset was why would i spend all this time and money and energy curating and buying all this stuff for this house that 
we don't want to have to move it all. We don't want to, but we also don't want to, we don't want to spend the money on the like nicer furniture. So if we're not going to spend the money, then we're not going to move it because if it's cheap furniture, we don't want to waste time moving it, you know, but I gave in, I'm, I'm decorating. I'm full fledged decorating because it looks like we're going to be here a little longer than I thought. So I was like, you know what, Sam, give me a budget. This place needs to become a home. I'm sick of white walls. (laughs) Even though Aaron complimented the white walls. I'm sick of the white walls. (laughs) No, I, and I think that there's something to both sides of what you're saying, because yes, when I walked in your home, it was like actually really pleasing to me because I was currently living in a space that was not because we were starting to get ready to move. And so, Oh, you were packing and when, Yeah. So I think that was initially what I was drawn to. And I think with this whole, I feel like there's like a movement basically of like minimalist living. And I'm actually very drawn to that as a person who has not necessarily been able to really fully make a house a home. And we just had so much stuff. And if you anyone knows Arizona homes, they don't have a lot of storage and they don't have basements. And so I actually really struggled with like the clutter aspect of our home, even though like I'm super type A, I'm very organized person. There was just stuff everywhere. And I didn't know how to like, quite literally get rid of it and feel like the house was a place I wanted to spend time in because I also sometimes felt claustrophobic in it and so I think going along with that like you just have to find your style and like if that's what works for you and it's beautiful to you and it's beautiful to your family like run with it so I actually truly was drawn to your minimalist thing going on I was like this is amazing (laughs) oh thanks it was it was more so me just being anti-decorating because I was like, I don't want to spend money and time when we're going to move, but. And that's valid oh. too. But like Aaron said, yes, choose your style and go with it. But I warn you, I warn you so deeply about Hot Pink and Zebra. Maybe second guess that one and don't run with it. <sighs> That's very good advice to our listeners, Melissa. <laughs> I'm sure they will take it to heart. No hot pink and zebra, everyone. No. Oh my gosh. Too funny. All right. Last but not least, hashtag relatable. So the comparison game. Uh, mm. As women, I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We all deal with it. We all struggle with it. Something that always comes to my mind when I think about this because of course like comparison we've all heard all the quotes about comparison it's the thief of joy blah 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 blah. it's true it is but I think that when we're dealing with this because we all deal with it whether it's in person or on social media social media of course has exponentially made this an issue for all of us because everything's picture perfect and curated and you know, the best of the best online. Um, and that's all that anyone shares, which is fine. It's just how it is. But I think that that has really made this at, for us as women, like a bigger issue than it even used to be. And so the only, I mean, 
again, this could be a whole episode podcast, the podcast episode in and of itself. But all I'll say about it is that you know what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the only advice I have, which is what I literally have to tell myself every time I fall into the comparison thing, is um, this quote by St. Therese. Melissa, just let me know that, which is great because I love St. Therese. I'm and you will all learn that about me very quickly. Um, it's this quote, it's a flower doesn't think of competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms. And okay, whatever. Like maybe it sounds corny or cliche to you at first glance, but if you think about it on a deeper level, it's it gets to the root of and the heart of what comparison is all about and ends up being about for us. So when we see other people, you know, having the best clothes, having the best life, having the best boyfriend, the best vacations, whatever it is, we we automatically think that our life is inferior to theirs or our whatever yes. is inferior to theirs. And we aren't looking at ourselves with the value that we should. And if we did that, instead of comparing ourselves and you know, being jealous or envious or, you know, whatever else of the person, we, if we flipped that on its side and we're like, well, that's wonderful for them, but I'm not living their life. And I'm going to just bloom in my own life where I'm at currently. Even though it sounds simple, it's, it is hard to do that, but this quote literally comes to mind every time I fall into comparison. So that's like my best advice for anyone, all of you struggling with this, is just think about flipping that on its side every time you fall into that comparison game. Like, okay, that's beautiful for them. And I'm happy that they're experiencing that, that they have that, whatever it is that you're comparing yourself against. And just be grateful that you are where you are in your own life. And how can you bloom and do what you need to do to be the best version of you in in the season, in the phase, in the whatever that you are in? So enough said. Melissa, I'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> no, totally. Um, one of the podcasts I listen to all the time. I love the host her one of her whole mantras is what does it matter what someone else is doing what what you should be worrying about is either be their cheerleader or don't follow them you know especially when it comes to the context of social media if if you don't agree with someone why aren't you sitting there asking yourself okay why am i following them don't mm -hmm. you don't need to try and be a, a keyboard warrior and try and like flip the script on them or call them out or whatever it may be. If if you don't like what they're doing, then don't follow them. If it's an account where you're continually finding that you're comparing yourself to them, again, I challenge you, and this is taking it one step further, not just not worrying about what they're doing, but try to find it in you to cheerlead them. I mean, why aren't we championing other women and celebrating in their successes? 
isn't that what we would want for ourselves? You know, you and I are starting this podcast and nothing feels better than when I have someone reach out and say, oh my gosh, I am so excited. I love listening to you guys. I can't wait for the next episode. It's so awesome to see you guys actually taking action and doing this. This is so great. As opposed to someone saying, you know, trying to compete with that or just not saying anything at all. I would hate for someone to sit and not say anything at all while also thinking in their mind, gosh, I'm not doing a podcast. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing this or that. What does it matter? You know? Mm-hmm. Love it. And I think that's a great way to end this episode. We've shared a lot of things, We've shared a lot of hashtag relatable items with you all. And <laughs> we, you know, we're, su- we're super excited to be able to just have these conversations. We, we say that a lot. We're going to say that a lot, but we really are just grateful and excited about all of this because the yeah. more that we can be relatable, not only in this episode, but in all of the episodes to come, the better off that everyone who listens to this podcast is going to be. And we hope that we can have an impact or inspire each one of you at some point along the journey, maybe not with every episode, but at some point. So as we wrap up, uh, we're going to start having a question at the end of our episodes. It'll look a little different depending on the topic that we've discussed, but we're going to just go for it with episode two. So Melissa, how do you (laughs) plan to have poise in the noise this week? Ooh. Maybe this is just the recency effect, but I'm going to, I'm going to bounce right off of that very last relatable you said with comparison game and challenge myself. I think that's a huge part of having poise is having the confidence within yourself to obviously to not compare to others that you're seeing their highlight reel, but taking it one step further try and champion. Don't be the noise. I want to challenge myself to not be the noise, but to be the cheerleader. That's amazing. I love that. Aaron, back on you. I feel like there's a million ways I could answer this for this specific week, the specific time of the <laughs> We recording. covered a lot of topics. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I think I'm going to go with one of something that has to do with one of my hashtag relatables being continuing to set the boundaries that I've started to set with Mm. my phone and with cutting out the noise from people who I just don't need the noise from. I've started to implement some things with boundaries with my phone and my time and who actually gets to talk to me and who doesn't. And I think I'm going to keep challenging myself to stick to those boundaries because it actually has felt really good and it's been working really well and I think if I can just keep going my heart and my mind and my soul will be a lot more content with each day and with how I spend my time so that's how I'm going to plan and challenge myself to have poison in the noise this week so yay we did uh, it. Episode two in the books. Thank you all for books. listening. It's so fun to it is be fun. here and have these conversations. I hope all of you found at least one of these things relatable. At least one, maybe two, hopefully all of them, if you're in similar phase of life as Aaron and I, but hopefully at least a couple of them and that we've just been able to express that we we are your everyday ladies and 
we don't always know what we're doing. We know we've done a lot and we have a lot we feel we can share, but we hope we have something to offer everyone and anyone who joins us on this journey. Absolutely. Well, All right, with thank that, you Aaron, again. And should we wrap it up? Yeah. Yep. We will catch you all next week. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.